13. Everybody stand and turn to page 113. Good to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you. Trust you've had a good day today, and uh, you bear with me tonight. I usually get up here a little early and uh, try to go through it and make sure I've got everything in order and make sure I've got some announcements ready and uh, try to go. I know that probably seems simple to y'all, but that's what I struggle the most with, most with is uh, getting everything where it needs to be and remembering everything coming up. And uh, so I didn't get to do that today, uh, but I'll try to give you some things quickly. Uh, before we do that, I do want to tell you I appreciate all your prayers from my grandpa over the last several months, and I appreciate you praying. I know most of you know he did pass away this morning uh, at about 11 o'clock, and i I just be honest with you, uh, we've, we, I, I was thinking on the way up here today, uh, we sure have had a lot of good times together, uh, but I, I'll be honest with you, I told my wife, I said, I, I'd rather see him go like he did uh, than I would for him to lay in a bed for months and months and months and months and months, and, months. and uh, so I appreciate the Lord giving him grace, and that may seem strange to some, uh, but I appreciate the Lord just taking him on out so he didn't have to suffer and didn't have to struggle, and uh, the Lord sure has been good to us, and if you would remember my family over the next several days, 
I know they got some hard times coming and uh, supposed to be going to the uh, funeral home tomorrow morning about 11 o'clock. They're going to try to make the arrangements. Soon as I know something, I'll let you know. Uh, I do know more than likely it's going to be a little bit different uh, due to all the coronavirus and all that, some different things, but I'll let you know for sure and uh, let you know that just as soon as I do, all right? Don't forget uh, quickly, don't forget next Wednesday, a week from today, Brother James uh, Collins be preaching for us, but I couldn't remember his name. Brother James Collins be preaching for us. Me and my family will be out of town, Lord willing. And uh, so you remember Brother James as he'll be coming next Wednesday. Then uh, not this Sunday, but the next. Uh, Brother Houston Parks be coming to preach for you Sunday. Can you remember that? Remember all the young peoples that'll be taking part that morning and uh, just looking for a good, good time. And the Lord, several things coming up. Remember September, whatever day that is, the women's conference. I think several of you mentioned to Kendra you'd be interested in going or something, whatever the case was. And uh, so remember that down in Canaan. Just seemed like there's much coming up in the next little bit. Uh, do remember this as well. Uh, some of you may have seen it. Do remember the Purdue family. Uh, Brother Harold Purdue went to Maple Springs Baptist Church. He did pass away yesterday, Monday. Passed away Monday. Uh, him and his wife was up at Cades Cove up in Pigeon Forge. Had a bicycle accident. And uh, so you remember that family. Uh, found out a little bit ago. I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying this. Found out a little bit ago. Today was their anniversary. Yesterday was her birthday. So I know she's probably struggling struggling awful hard with that and uh, very very unexpected that accident so you remember that family and I uh, remember that church tonight I know they're hurting no doubt uh, somebody else tonight before we pray got a prayer request on your heart I will say this on that subject. I know we're running a little bit behind. Uh, things didn't quite happen like they usually do. They didn't announce what they were doing for a while. Uh, so we, we do have several names. I think there's still some coming in of some people that know of some people that might need um, some help with school supplies. And I know it's a little bit different. I know some of them's already going back and things are so much different this year. But if you know somebody, if you'll get with Miss Leona, I think she's going to take care of getting those supplies. If you'll get with her, she has not went yet. 
so if you can get with her tonight or tomorrow or however the case, as soon as you can, uh, she's going to pick that stuff up, all right? So you let her know what you need or if you know somebody that needs it, okay? And uh, so we're looking forward to being able to do that for these individuals. And I uh, do remember the, the kids as they go back to school. And uh, I know several of them, we think that it's not that big of a deal, but several of them I know uh, that I've talked to are nervous about it because it is different what they usually done. And uh, so let's remember them this year. Somebody else, forward pray. Somebody else tonight. Somebody else tonight before we pray. All right. If not, Kirk, if you would, take the Lord more to prayer. Amen. Somebody got something on your heart, something you need to do. You mind the Lord tonight. If so, take your Bibles tonight. Go with me to the book of Jude. Jude, about said chapter number one, but there is only one chapter in the book of Jude. Uh, so go with me, if you would, the epistle of Jude tonight. And I uh, want to try it just for a little while. It'd be a help to us. I told you, more than likely, we'd be dealing with verse six tonight. 
And uh, but the Lord just wouldn't let me get there. Just wouldn't let me finish that up. I know we started it last week, and uh, I apologize. Seems like we're jumping around a lot, but it seems like every time I come back, uh, the Lord puts something else on my heart. Every time I read through it, I'll see something a little bit different. And uh, I was planning on what we'll do tonight. While you're finding your places, I was planning on dealing with it later uh, into the into the study, more toward the end. Uh, but the Lord just wouldn't let me do that. For some reason, He just put this on my heart yesterday evening and uh, just couldn't quite get all away from it this mo- this week or today. And uh, so just want to try to be obedient to the will of the Lord. Jude chapter number 1, begin reading in verse number 1. Stand with me if you can enable and honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Uh, we've read these verses several times now, but let's see them once again. Uh, I want to deal with the first four verses, then we're going to take a text here, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to turn, all right? The Bible said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Notice verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you with a common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look into your word. Lord, I pray you'd give us insight, give us wisdom. Lord, I pray you'd help us take these truths, apply them to our hearts and lives. Lord, I don't know tonight why you have this on my heart, but Lord, I know there must be a reason. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight, Lord, to take the, your truth, Lord, and apply it in our lives. Lord, I pray for those here this evening, Lord, many burdens represented, many prayer requests. Lord, I pray you'd touch in each and every tonight. Lord, I pray to help each one that made their way out. Help those listening by way of Facebook or whatever avenue may be used. Lord, I pray you'd help in this service. Lord, I pray above everything else, would you bring honor and glory unto yourself. Help us now just a few moments. Lord, give, just, give me unction, give me utterance. Lord, I pray you'd help me. Lord, get myself out of the way. Lord, you know my heart. Put a guard upon my mind, upon my lips. Lord, strengthen my body just for a little while. We'll be careful tonight. Give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. You be seated, and thank you for staying tonight. Now, once again, very familiar text. We've looked at it uh, several times over the last several weeks. In fact, do you realize that, uh, I know maybe not chronologically, uh, we've really been at this for about two months now. And they say, Preacher, I don't know about that. Uh, this is about the ninth or the eighth, I can't remember one of the others here, the eighth or the ninth message that we've preached. So uh, if we'd have done it like I said we was, and just on Wednesday nights, uh, it would have taken us two months to get to where we are now. Uh, so uh, we've been at this for a pretty good while, several weeks now, and uh, we've read these first four verses several times. The Bible said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So he tells us who he's writing to. He's writing to those that are saved. He tells us who he is. We know that. 
Then in verse 2, he gives us his expectation, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Then in verse 3, he tells us that he wanted to write about the common salvation, but it became needful uh, that he write, uh, but he write, it became needful uh, for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, that you should rise up and fight, earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. Verse 4, he tells us why. For there are certain crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you better rise up. And he's writing to the church. He tells us he wants us to have mercy. He wants us to have love. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have all that and that multiplied to us. He tells us he wanted to write about the common salvation, but it was needful that he exhort us to earnestly contend for the faith uh, which was once delivered unto the saints. And he says, I'm going to tell you why. Because there's certain men crept in unawares uh, uh, before old ordained in this condemnation, ungodly men, uh, turning the grace of our Lord God and lasciviousness and the only God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he tells us all this in these first four verses. He tells us uh, that he's writing to us because he wants us as born again believers uh, to rise up and be willing to fight for the faith uh, because there are certain men crept in unawares uh, who are doing these things. Now we've looked at that and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it tonight. We've looked at every bit of that. We've talked about it. We know all that. and But the thing about it is tonight, we've talked about how it's dealing uh, with apostates. How that these uh, men that crept in unaware, they're apostates that uh, have they look the same, they act the same, they talk the same. Uh, but John, their ultimate goal is to cause destruction uh, and, and to cause confusion uh, and ultimately to deny the only Lord God and Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, so we realize Jude is writing concerning uh, apostates and apostasy. Now, we've talked a lot about that. <coughs> In fact, we've went on to look at some examples about the children of Israel as they were brought out of Egypt. And afterward destroyed. Uh, we started last week looking at the angels which kept not their first estate in verse 6. We've looked at several things. And uh, if you've been doing your homework and reading through the book of Jude every week, and I know y'all have been doing that, hadn't you? And uh, so if you've been doing that, you know there's several examples that are coming up. There's much that Jude deals with uh, concerning apostasy. Now, with that being said, there's something that I really wanted to wait till later but the Lord wouldn't let me do. I want to get a night with, uh, what should you do with an apostate? If there were to realize there's an apostate in the church, uh, what is it you're supposed to do? If you meet somebody, if you meet one of these men, one of these individuals that have uh, crept in unaware, what is it that you're supposed to do? How are you supposed to handle that? And I, I really want to wait. I do. I, I, I plan on getting a lot more information to you before we dealt with this, but uh, the 
Lord just would not let me get away from this, and I'm not going to use the book of Jude right now. Uh, we'll probably look at this a little bit later, uh, but I, I want to show you another scripture just real quick. If you will, turn with me to Romans chapter number 16. Romans chapter number 16, Paul's writing, of course, to the church at Rome, and I, I, I'm just interested in one verse tonight, and I, I want to read that to you, and you hear it, and then I want to break it down, and let us look at it together, all right? Romans chapter number 16, let's read verse 17. Now Paul said, And I beseech you, brethren, mark them uh, which cause divisions and offenses. Now notice this, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Uh, and then he finished with this simple, simple statement, and avoid them. Now can we read it one more time? Then I'm going to preach to you. Paul said, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Watch verse 18. I told you I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Bible said, verse 18, For they that, are, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, who does that sound like? That sounds like an apostate, doesn't it? Paul said, they, now watch what he said, verse 17, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. You know what Paul said? He said, you better mark them, you better watch them, you better pay attention to those that come in and are causing division and offenses contrary to the doctrine, to the truth that you've been taught. The way we started last night in Bible college, I believe I'm going to enjoy it already. Uh, we started last night, was the first class we had this semester, and uh, we, we continued on with Old Testament survey and continued on with the Gospel of John. And, and then Todd McKeon, you remember he came preach for us last year. Uh, he started a new class. He, he, he we're on the last class of the night, John, we're, we're learning uh, where the class is basic theology or doctrine, you could say. And uh, so last night was just kind of an introduction, but he, he, he gave us some uh, fancy words, I guess you could say, like, uh, for example, uh, eschatology, the, and it was the scriptural facts concerning prophecy. And then there's another fancy word, soteriology. That was, uh, John, that's the, that's the doctrine, the, 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 the doctrine of salvation. And the definition of it was this, the, 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 the scriptural facts concerning salvation. Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Uh, he gave us another one. He gave us Christology. It was uh, uh, the, the scriptural facts concerning uh, the doctrines of Christ. There was, uh, I could go on and on. There were several things that it gave us. Ecclesiology, that's the scriptural facts concerning the church and uh, several things. But all these theologies, all these doctrines, if you would, uh, you know what it, he, he emphasized over and over and over again? It was the scriptural facts concerning that subject. Are you with me? Uh, it was doctrine. It's scripture. It's what you believe about that because of what the scripture teaches about that. Are you with me? Uh, so 
Paul says here, he says that the, the mark them which uh, cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. What he's saying was you better be careful somebody teaching something different than what you know to be true. Isn't that right? Uh, the, not, not, I'm not talking about what man said. I'm talking about what the Bible said. Those clear facts that you know in the Word of God. And let me just say this. You are, you are not just know what you believe. You are to know why you believe what you believe. Isn't that right? And you ought to have a better reason than, well, that's what the preacher said. You ought to know why you believe what you believe. Uh, and it ought not be because the preacher said it. It ought not be because the book said it. It ought to be because that's what the Bible said. Now, go ahead and nod your head. It'll be all right. And Paul said, anybody teaching something different than that, you better mark them. You better watch them. You better look at them. Uh, anybody co- trying to cause division or offense, you better take notice of that. Then he went on and said this, verse number 18. For they, talking about those that cause the division and cause the offense, for they, as they are, such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. What he said was, now listen to me, he said if they're teaching something, they don't serve the Lord anyway. Is that right? Now go ahead and nod your head. I, I know we ain't shouting tonight, but uh, we're getting somewhere. He said if it goes against that, they're not for the Lord anyway. Isn't that right? Now watch this. He said, For they that are such serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Boy, there's a lot of preaching right there that I don't have time to do. You know what he said? He said they're just trying to make their self feel good. Well, I just feel like preaching a few minutes. You know why people, you know why some people, I know y'all may not know a whole lot about this, but uh, 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 old, old Bud Stiltner, the, the, he always cracks me up. He's a cat bird. Uh, but the Calvinists have, have what they call tulip, John. It's, uh, it's the five points of Calvinism, uh, saying that God is predestined who'd be saved and who wouldn't be saved, and you have no choice in the matter. Uh, you're either saved from birth or you're not saved from birth. You have no choice. There's no free will. And, and they call what they have tulip. Oh, Bud Stiltner said, I'll tell you what my answer for tulip is. Uh, you can plant two lips on my right boot. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, but I said all that to say this. You know why men like to be Calvinists? Because they're feeding their own belly. It makes them feel more important than everybody else. They want to be considered, they're the elect, John. That right? It makes them feel good, Corey, that somehow or another they were just by nature born uh, better than everybody else. And the truth of the matter is, we's all born dead dogs. Uh, we's all born sinners. Uh, we's all born deserving to go to hell. Uh, and Paul said anything that goes against that book, it's not because they're serving the Lord. It's because they're feeding their own belly. Isn't that right? Now, I'm not being ugly. You know why men like to believe you can lose your salvation? Because it makes them feel good they can keep it. I'm just being honest tonight. Makes them feel good that they're good enough to keep it. And the truth of the matter was, we're not good enough to earn it and we're not good enough to keep it. Uh, exactly right. What the Bible does, the Bible brings you down and brings Him up. The Bible never lifts you up and brings the Lord down. Isn't that right? He doesn't need me and He doesn't need you. Uh, He is self-sufficient and it's not to feed our belly but it's to exalt and magnify Him tonight. Isn't that right? Amen. Watch this. Paul said they feed their own belly. Verse 18. And the Bible said and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, you might as well just stay with me and then I'm going to preach a minute, all right? 
Paul said they're feeding their own bed. And he said, I'll tell you what happens. Uh, by their fair speeches and their good talks and their good language uh, and their good vocabulary and because of their charisma and because they're well-liked, uh, they deceive the what? The simple. And what he's saying, now I'm not being ugly. He's literally saying they deceive the ignorant and the unlearned. That's literally what he's saying. You watch it, honey. You'd be hard, hard pressed to take somebody, Kirk, that's a student of their Bible, believes their Bible. You'd be hard, hard pressed to turn them into a Calvinist. That right? In fact, I'd almost say it'd be impossible to turn a true Bible believer into a Calvinist. Or old, uh, 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 what's his name? Lord God help me. Sammy Allen died just a few weeks ago. He, he, you'd like him or lump him, whatever you want to do, but he made a statement there's a lot of truth in. He said, you don't become a Calvinist by reading the Bible. You become a Calvinist by reading books. Now, I'm not against reading books. I'm all for reading books. But you don't become a Calvinist by reading the Bible. It comes from reading after other men, putting more stock in what other men said and what the Bible said. You'd be hard to take somebody that knows their Bible and believes their Bible to convince them in the doctrine of Calvinism. You'd be hard pressed to take the, the uh, you'd be hard pressed to take the Bible. Somebody that believes their Bible and, believe, and trusts their Bible and studies their Bible and convince them uh, of any of these false doctrines. You'd be hard pressed to do it because they believe the Bible. But I'm going to hurt your feelings right here, I know. You know what our churches are full of tonight, and I'm not being ugly, I'm just trying my best to help us. It's full of people that are scripturally ignorant. And I'm just being honest. We come in Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we're expecting somebody else to tell us everything we're going to know about the Bible. That's a dangerous place to be in. Let me ask you a question, John. You drove a truck for years, didn't you? And I, I'm sure they was men that probably give you some advice and probably helped you. But now listen, you had to learn some stuff on your own, didn't you? There was some stuff that you didn't always just go by what somebody else said. And there's people, no doubt, I don't know nothing about truck driving, but I'm sure somewhere in your career there was somebody gave you a piece of advice that was wrong. Ain't that right? I don't care what you do. Ron, I don't know nothing about logging. I don't have a clue about it. I, I, I've cut down some trees, but I don't know anything about logging. I don't know anything about doing it all the time. But I do know this. I, I, know, I guarantee you didn't learn everything by something somebody else told you. There was some things you just figured out yourself. There was some, I don't care what it is. I don't even know what Kenny Mosley does for a living. I think he just rides around. But I, I, I guarantee you he learned some things. Uh, that was good, wasn't it, Kirk? There was some things that... Uh, uh, that he must have just learned on his own. There were some things, I'm sure there was whoever did his job before him, give him some advice and gave him some help, but there were some things, John, he just had to figure out on his own. I'm all for preaching. Uh, I'm all for Sunday school. Uh, I'm all for every bit of it. But there's some things tonight you're just going to have to dig out for yourself. And we're, we're living in a generation uh, where the churches are full of people uh, that are biblically and scripturally ignorant and illiterate because they just don't study their Bible. That's exactly right. And every time some smooth tongued person comes in and says, well, have you ever thought about this? They jump on whatever bandwagon it was. 
I, I know I'm thinking of a woman right now, and I wouldn't dare call her name because I wouldn't want her to feel she's not in this church, but she's a good Christian woman. Kirk, I've got confidence in her, and I'll be honest with you, if I, if I had a need, she'd be one of the first people I'd go to and ask to help pray for her. I mean, she, she, she's a good woman. I'm not speaking bad about her, but she's biblically illiterate, John. She doesn't know anything about her. I mean, she's, she's never dug for herself. And she can get on TV and listen to any TV evangelist. Just go ahead and nod your head before it gets ugly. She'll listen to, go ahead and nod your head. You're going to make me bogged down. You don't want, if you're bogging down now, you don't want me to bog down, all right? Now go ahead and nod your head. She'll listen to every TV evangelist. She'll listen to everybody on the radio. She'll get every book she can find at a yard sale. And whatever it is, even if it's contrary, John, to everything she's ever heard, she'll tell me, boy, they're deep in the Bible. I may be preaching something I didn't think I was going to preach. I might just bog down and stay here a little while. She'll say, boy, they're deep in the Bible. They saw something. Can I tell you something in my experience? If I ever find something that didn't, if I ever find something, Kirk, and I think, boy, the Lord showed me something, and I go pull down every commentary I've got and nobody else saw it, I begin to scratch my head and wonder if I'm right. That right? Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. Isn't that right? So if nobody else saw it, I'm not saying the Lord can't do it, but it makes me wonder, Corey, it, it helps me when I, I like to find something and go over and pull down one of them other men and say, you know what, the Lord showed them the same thing that He showed me. Isn't that right? So it, it, when it's something new like that, I, I'd be careful. She, she, I, I mean, listen to me. I don't know how many times I've went over and said, boy, they're, she said, boy, they're deep in the Bible. So and so, whoever the case was, said that on August the 19th, 2020, the world was going to end. And he said it was because of the moon and it was because of this and it was because of that. And uh, uh, Russia did this and there's a submarine in the night, whatever the case, whatever kind of bull it was. Uh, and she said, boy, he's deep in the Bible and he knows the Bible. And I just sit there for a minute and I think to myself, the Bible said that he cometh in an hour that you think not. Right. Bible said no man knoweth the earth. You don't have to be deep to figure that out. In fact, you can go too deep and just mess yourself up. Ain't that right? Well, I'm going to have to bog down just a minute. You know what I say to that? I finally just looked at her one day and I said, you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. And I said, but all I know is this. I don't know when he's coming, but I know I'm ready whenever he comes. Isn't that right? that right? I know if it's today I'm ready. If it's tomorrow I'm ready. And if it's 50 years from now I'll still be ready. Say preacher how do you know? Because the Bible told me so. I, I did exactly what the Bible said. I put my faith and my trust in Him. I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart I, that God hath raised Him from the dead. Isn't that right? I, that's exactly right. And I know that I'm ready tonight. But the, uh, the word, the church is full of biblically illiterate people that believe everything that everybody says and it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. You, I, I told you a minute ago, I don't know a thing in the world about truck driving. I don't know nothing about it. And John, if me and you is going to take a trip in a truck in a big rig, well, what kind, I mean, I, you know, you seem trying to make it sound good. What kind of fool would you be to do everything I told you to do. You've drove for years and I've never sat behind the wheel of one. You'd be a fool to listen to me. You know what you do. Isn't that right? Yeah. But why is it we come in and the doctrines we've learned for years, the things we know to be true, but we'll take somebody that don't know nothing about the Bible and say, well, they must be right. 
You know, oh, preacher, I wouldn't do that. It happens all across the country. Happens all across the country. These men believe things tonight that I never would have thought they'd have believed because the truth of the matter, Kirk, was they're biblically illiterate. And when somebody came in and had fair speech and good talk, they were deceived just like everybody else. So we're dealing tonight here in Romans with the apostates. I spent way too much time there. i got to go fast, all right? Now notice with me verse 16. I want to break down verse 16, and I'm going to hurry. Paul, or verse 17, Paul tells us how to deal with them. Notice with me, first of all, the immediacy. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Watch what he said. Now. That right? Paul didn't say wait till tomorrow. He didn't say let's talk about this next week. He said now, right now. What I'm about to tell you, do it now. It's not to be waited. Now listen to me. I'm going to give you some insights you may not know uh, 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 about me and the, uh, for lack of better words, the inner workings of uh, 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 the leadership in the church. Uh, I, 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 I'm a little bit different than a lot of people are. And, and these men, these deacons will tell you that. I don't know, there's a lot of things uh, now listen, I'm just being honest. There's a lot of little bumps in the road pop up, uh, little molehills, if you would. And Rod, I'll just be honest with you. There's a lot of things that nobody ever knows anything about that pump up, pop up on the radar because you know what I've learned sometimes? If you'll just sit back and be patient and just let the Lord do what the Lord's real good at doing, then I don't have to make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, that right. Sometimes, I, I think of one incident right now, and I'm not going to give you no details. It's just a little bump in the road, and nothing ever happened to it. It's over, it's over, it's over. I'm not giving you any details. But I remember one thing popped up. First thing happened since I'd been the pastor, and I called Kenny. He's on digging time, and I called him. So I just want to let you know what happened. This is what was said. This is what I said. I just want you to be in the loop in case anything else comes out of it. And he, I told him what happened. He said, oh, no. What do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to do nothing. And he said, no, what do you want to do? I'm not bragging on me. I'm just talking to you, all right? He said, he'll, he's sitting back there. He'll tell you if I'm telling you a lie. He said, what do you want to do? Are, you, are we going to call him into the office Sunday? And I said, no. Well, do you want to talk to him? No. Well, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to pray about it. And when the Lord gives me leadership to do something, I'll do it. And if he doesn't, he'll work it out himself and it'll be over. And that's exactly what happened. We just sat back and prayed about it. And the Lord worked it out and did a far better job than I ever could have done anyway. And it, nobody ever found it. It ended up, ended up being, didn't be a problem. And I'm glad to report to you tonight. You have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's not a bad thing. Did you know that? Yeah. Ain't that right? What it could have been a disaster had you just acted. So I, 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 I've taught, well, I don't know if I don't guess I'd say I've taught, but I, I'm working on teaching these new to us deacons that, uh, that sometimes it's best just to wait sometimes and just let the Lord work some things out. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says when it comes to apostasy, when it comes to these John that are teaching something contrary to the doctrine you've been taught, it ain't time to wait. It ain't time to let it blow over. It ain't time to sit back and see what happens. Kirk, it's time to act and act immediately. He said, now, right now, there's something, John, that needs to be done. Isn't that right? Well, there's a whole lot of things tonight that can be waited. Your feelings get rubbed the wrong way because something I said or something somebody else says. Well, we can wait on that and let the Lord deal with it. Is that Right? Some, well, I'm just being honest. Two little youngins getting some little squabble at church. We wait on that. Just let the Lord deal with that. That's all work itself out. Somebody gets their feelings hurt. Well, whoop de do. That, that, let's apologize and just let it work itself out. But when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to that book, when it comes with things contrary to the Word of God, it's time to act immediately. Isn't that right? It's not time to sit around and wait. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm going to give you an example. 
I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give. Well, I can give you several. Uh, you 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 let somebody come in and uh, get up and preach out of a uh, something else besides the King James Bible. It's not time to wait. It's time to act. Yeah, Is that right? You let somebody stand up and say Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. It's not time to wait and talk to them after the service. It's time to sit them down. Isn't that right? You let somebody get up and say that you can live like hell all your life. It's time to sit them down. Isn't that right? There's doctrines that need to be taught. There's doctrines that must be stood on. And Paul said now. It was to be dealt with Kirk immediately. So how do you deal with apostate? Immediately deal with it. Is that right? Immediate. Don't bog down on me. Why are y'all bogging down tonight? Now watch this. Not only the immediacy, notice with me the importance. Watch what he said. Verse 17. Now I beseech you. You know what that word beseech means? It carries the idea of giving a grave warning. Paul said right now, I want to warn you as gravely and as seriously as I can. He said, don't shut me out. You better listen to what I'm about to say. Paul wasn't just making some passionate comment, but he was earnestly warning of the importance. He said, this isn't just something to pass off. This isn't just something to say, well, I don't know if it's that bad. It's that bad. Why are y'all bogging down on me tonight? Now listen. You know what that book is? That book's where we get our doctrine. Isn't that right? Remember what I told you? All those ologies, soteriology, eschatology, ecclesiology, all that. It means the scriptural facts. That's what doctrine's based off of. And we live in a generation. I couldn't tell you how many people I've heard say, well, I just don't preach doctrine because it's not that important. Hogwash. Doctrine's what you believe. Doctrine has what you've based your entire life and after the eternity on. It's pretty doggone important, isn't that right? If it's not important, well, God, I can't get into all that. Do you realize that's what our forefathers, whether you, whatever you want to believe, they died, John, to believe what they wanted to believe. That's what they died for. Doctrine is important tonight. You ought to preach doctrine. You ought to believe doctrine. You ought to study doctrine. You ought to know doctrine tonight. And Paul said that it not only was it to be handled immediately, but he said it is important. That book tonight, if we're doing our job as born-again Christians, that book is what we live our life by. If you're doing what you ought to be doing, you ought to live your life by that book. that right? It is the Word of God that expresses the will of God. Isn't that right? Everybody comes to me and says, Preacher, I wish I knew the will of God for my life. Can I show you something? The Word of God expresses the will of God for your life. It's not a feeling. It's not a, a goosebump during a service, Kirk. I'm all for that. But it's based on fact tonight. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. Paul said, you better realize it's important. Somebody preaches against the doctrine that you've been taught. It's important enough that I'm warning you as urgently as I know how. You better act and you better act immediately. Isn't that right? Watch what he said. Now I beseech you. Watch what he says. Now I beseech you, verse 17, brethren, notice the intimacy. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? 
Watch what he said. Now, that's immediately. I beseech you, that's the importance. Brethren, that's the intimacy. He's not talking to the lost man. He's not talking to the, to the one that's just living their life anyway. He's talking to the saved child of God. Isn't that right? He said, I'm that word brethren literally means brother. It means I'm talking to you, brother. John, he's talking to his brothers and sisters in Christ that have been united under one faith. He's talking about those that have been saved by the shed blood. He said, you better realize, now listen to me, he said, you better realize it was doctrine that got you out of hell. It was doctrine that saved you. It was, do that's exactly, you said, oh, preacher, I don't think doctrine's that important. It is tonight. There's a doctrine of the blood. There's a doctrine of redemption. It's the doctrine tonight. It's the fact of the Word of God. <coughs> Bible said that Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Isn't that right? Paul said, that's what made you a believer. It wasn't a feeling you got. It wasn't some goosebump. It wasn't what mama said or what daddy said. But it was the power and the, and the presence of the word of God. And he said, it's worth fighting for. And it's worth fighting for now. Isn't that right? There was an there was a, 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 an immediacy. There was an importance. There was an intimacy. But then I want you to know some of the instruction. Watch what he said. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. Now notice that phrase. Mark them. I believe, in my personal opinion, important two words or phrase in all of verse seventeen. Paul said, now brethren, he said, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. Now you say, preacher, what does that mean? The word mark literally means this. To take aim at, to look at, to fix one eye, one's eyes on, and to direct one's attention to. Now let me show you what he's saying. John, I, I don't know nothing about truck driving. Ron, I don't, I don't know nothing about I don't know nothing about logging, but I do understand this a little bit about what Paul's saying. What was that first definition? To aim at. Isn't that right? You know what he's Here's the picture. Here in just a little bit, for too much longer, be here for you know it, thank God. I, I need something to get my mind off things. Uh, here, here for too much longer, there's gonna be one of my favorite things in the world. It's gonna be called deer season. And I set my head this year. I don't care what I have to do. I, I'm going to make it to the deer stand more than one time like I did last year. I'm going to go. And I'm, I'm going to fill the freezer this year. But to do that, Rod, you know what I've got to do? There's going to become a time, Kenny, that I've got to take aim. that right? Now let me show you what he's saying. The idea is I'm going to use a scope. I remember when I was a little boy, Daddy, Daddy started out. Here's what he did. When I was about Andrew's age, and I'm doing the same thing with Andrew now, Daddy'd get the biggest box he could find. In fact, when me and Andrew first started, John, somebody got a washing machine or something, and I, I made that box just as big as I could make it, and I put it fairly close to him, and I told him, I said, I just want you to hit that box. Isn't that right? And I showed him how to aim. I, show, I, I, I don't look at me like it. I was with him. I was there where he was safe. I showed him how to aim. I let him do as much as he could. I'd check and make sure he was right. And that right? I mean, a washing machine box, anybody could hit it, but I, I'd, I'd pat him on the back, I'd tell him how good he did, I'd be tickled to death, and he was tickled to death. You know what I did? 
I got a little bit smaller box. Is that right? And we can narrow it down just a little bit more. Then we got a little bit smaller box. Then we got a little bit smaller box. And Kirk, all that was open size. And then I went and got my rifle, my, my, my 22. And I went out there and I put, finally, John, after, after, after weeks of doing this different ways, I, I got me a target that was just, had, had a little bullseye on it about that big around. And I told him, I said, I want you to aim right in the middle of that target, right in the middle of that bullseye. And I showed him, I, I, I drew him a picture, and I said, you see the crosshairs? And he said, yeah. And I showed him how to get his head where he could see the whole scope. And I said, what I want you to do is I want you to put where those lines meet. And he said, I see. And I showed him. I said, I want you to put that right in the middle of that black dot, and I want you to shoot. Well, here's what he did. It took him a little while. But eventually, you know what I said? I said, now listen. I said, Andrew, you can't. Now listen to me. I'm going somewhere. I said, you can't look at the whole picture. You can't look at everything that's back in the background. You can't look at the whole piece of cardboard. You can't even look at the whole target. You've got to focus on that little bitty dot. I said, don't even focus on that. Pick you one spot on that dot. That's what I want you to look at. And when you get it where you want it, right there, pull the trigger. Can I tell you something? Let me brag on my youngin' just a minute. I don't get to do that too much. To be his age, I'd put him up against just about any other four-year-old in the country. I mean, I'm talking about, bless God, shoot a three-shot group, John, you can cover with a dime at 25 yards. I mean, he's a good, good shot. You know why he knows how to aim? that right? He had to learn, Chris, that he couldn't look at everything that was going on. Look at that one spot. I remember my daddy used to tell me when I started going deer hunting, that's a whole different story. Because deer hunting, if the Lord will let me, I'm going to take him this year, Kirk, and I'm going to let him shoot his first deer if the Lord will let me. You say, oh, preacher, ought not do that. I shot mine when I was about that age. He'll be all right. And I ain't talking about the Lord. I'm talking about Kendra. If Kendra let me, he's going to have some blood on his face when he gets done. Isn't that right? Go ahead and nod your head. Now listen to me. Daddy told me when I started hunting, about that age, first time I was going to shoot a deer, he told me, we're going to the stand that day. He said, now listen. He said, when you see that deer, your heart's going to be pumping. It's going to be all kinds of emotions. It's going to be all kinds of things going through your mind. He said, I'll tell you what you got to do. Pick you one hair. He said, don't just look at the shoulder. Don't just look at that sea. He said, find you one hair. That's what you focus on. You say, preacher, why do you do that? Because... Then all the rest of that goes out of the way, John. You don't see the leaves falling in the background. You don't see the squirrel running. You don't hear, you don't hear any of those. No, you're just focused on that one thing. Isn't that right? In that moment, Kirk, that's the most important thing in all the world. You know what Paul said? Paul said, you find somebody teaching doctrines you ought not, that ought not be teaching contrary to what you believe. Mark them. Take aim at them. Quit looking at all the good that they've done. That right? Quit looking at how they look like you and they talk like. Stay with me. That's what he's saying. He's saying, quit looking at all the year. Don't don't worry about any of that. You focus on them. That right? And mark them. That that take aim. Now listen to me. There might be that. There's been times, especially in these days. It's amazing how deer hunting's changed since I was a little boy. And when I was a little boy, people talked about how many deer there was. But now there's a lot of deer. I mean, there's a lot of deer now. 
Uh, it wasn't uncommon at all. Kendra texted me uh, last year, the few times I got to go, she texted me. She'd say, you coming home yet? And I'd say, no, there would be literally, Ronald, 25, 30 deer in the field in front of me. And I said, I can't leave yet. I'll scare every one of them off. And you'd have to sit there till they mose it on out of the field. I mean, there's a lot. And at 25, 30, John, you know what I've got to do? I've got to pick one. That right? You're not looking at everything. You're setting them apart. Now, I know that seems like it'd be contrary to what the Bible said, but that's what he's saying. He's saying, Ronald, if, he te- if, that, if that individual is teaching something against the Bible, teaching something against doctrine, you mark them. You pick them out among all the rest. That, say with me. What he say? Earnestly contend for the faith. He's sounding the cry to war. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's casualties and more. That right? I, I, I got to watching the show. You can follow that one if you want to. I got to watching a show uh, uh, this week, and uh, about uh, I can't think of the name of it. I tell you, uh, uh, it's a new show. What's the name of it? Again? Seal Team. Seal Team. That's what it is. And uh, it's about the Navy Seals. And uh, Kirk, they made a statement on there. It's kind of a drama. It's not just a documentary, but it, it was interesting to me. But they made this statement. They said war makes sense to us because in war it's kill or be killed. That right? I mean, there's not politics. There's not. I mean, I know war, politics affects war, but in that moment, Ronald, when there when there's an enemy with a rifle and you've got a rifle, no, politics doesn't matter. Isn't that right? None of that. All that matters just kill or be killed. Can I tell you something? It do us good as a church to realize when the enemy sends in their soldiers to disrupt, to cause confusion, to tear down, to, to lead away, to do all those things. It's kill or be killed. That right? If you let them stay, if you don't single them out, if you don't mark them, if you don't take aim, if you don't look at them, if you don't set them apart and realize it, and you mark her down, honey, the church is going to be destroyed from the inside out. If you don't believe me, you take a good look around Surrey County, Wilkes County, Yakin County, and I can take you to several that was destroyed on the inside out. That right? Listen to me. Listen, now stay with me. We're so worried in these days, and I'm not saying there's not a threat to a certain extent. We're so worried about what the world is going to do. We're so worried about the laws they're passing and all this. And we are debate. I'm not, I'm not being against that. But I'll tell you what churches are doing. They ought to take a good look inside. that right? I know there's a threat outside. I know the world doesn't like us. But, John, we're destroying ourselves on the inside. Isn't that right? Watch this. Watch what your Bible said. He said, mark them. Literally means to, to take aim at, to look at, to fix one eyes on. So there was the instruction. Watch this. He went on to say, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. Now you say, preacher, which one, who do I mark? Well, he gives us how to identify them. He gives us identification. He said, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. He said, listen, if they're causing division, if they're causing offenses contrary to the doctrine you've learned, that's who you better watch. Now, don't die on me. What time is it? I'll be done in the next six minutes. I'll be done by 8 o'clock. Listen, he said, you better watch those that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've been taught. I'm I'm going to go ahead and give you some news. It wasn't too long ago. There was a gentleman... Uh, well, you might can figure out who it is, but that's all right. There was a gentleman had been had come into the church, visiting, and uh, right back under at the back door. I didn't know this till later. 
Right back here on that archway, he made the statement to another individual that he just didn't think that it'd be that big of a deal if you went some something different than the King James. He, he thought that'd be all right to let something else creep in. And even John went so far as to tell that other individual that maybe they ought to get a group together and come talk to me. Let me tell you what that is. That, that's a little scary to me. Is that right? Now watch this. They look like us, Kirk. They talk like us. Everything seems good. But what Paul said was, when you pick up that thing, that one thing they're striving for, when you pick that up, John, you better mark them. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how big a buddy is. It doesn't matter how many times they've eat at your table. You better mark them down and realize dangers are coming. Isn't that right? He said, that's how you identify them. The ones that cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've been taught. You hear somebody say something doesn't, doesn't strike you too well. You better mark them. Is that right? You better mark them. You better register that. You better take aim. You better set them apart. You better single them out and realize something, Kirk, just ain't right. He tells us how to identify them. And then watch what he said, and I'm done. Last little phrase of verse 17. And what? Avoid them. What Paul said, he's telling us how to, saw, how to handle an apostate. Now watch what he said. That's exactly what I did, John, by the way. That gentleman that he talked to, Captain Man, he said, Preacher, he said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you what happened. He told me what happened. I said, Thank you, sir. I appreciate you letting me know that. And I know it was true, John, because he later come talk to me about it. I know it was true. It wasn't just, I wasn't just taking his word for it. You say, Preacher, what'd you do? I avoided him. <laughs> Get off quiet. That's what I did. I'd shake his hand when he came out. John, I didn't make an effort to go talk to him. I didn't make an effort to go visit him every time. Is that right? I wasn't trying to be buddy-buddy with him. I'd done marked him, Ronald. Now, he's teaching something contrary to what I'd been taught. He was trying to cause division. He was trying to cause offense. There was, I'd marked him, and then Paul said, just stay away from him. Is that right? Can I show you something? You cannot be fooled into something if you never get around him. Ain't that right? You cannot be talked into something if you just avoid them. I told you a couple weeks ago, the most dangerous words ever been spoken in the church is this. Well, a preacher, me and three or four others got together and we've been talking. It's the most dangerous words you'll ever hear inside of a church. You say, preacher, I don't believe it. Every single church split I know of, Kirk, started with those two or three words. Preacher, me and two or three others. You know what happens? Let me show you what happens. This is what happens. If I was an apostate, i tell you what I'd do. I'd be looking and I'd be trying to find somebody that I thought. Now, I'm just being honest. Now. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just being honest. I'd try to find somebody, John, that was so biblically ignorant. Now, I knew they didn't know no better that I could win over to my side. That right? Now, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just giving you an example. So I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd say, John, how about you and Sharon come over to my house such and such night and let's sit down and talk about something. Okay, so they come over, we fix supper. Me and my wife sit there and I say, John, I, I've been thinking. You heard how that preacher's all the time. I mean, he's just all the time harping on that Jesus was born of a virgin. He's just all the time doing that. And I'd begin to present all these great things and all this stuff. And it, what happened is if I can win John, you know what's going How long have you been going to church here, John? 37 years. 37 years he's been going to church here. You realize how much pull that would have. 
Do you realize how many people, if John went and said, Kirk, I've been talking to Chris. We've been talking about the pastor and him preaching on this. And he, let me show you what he showed me. You know what Kirk could say if he wasn't real careful? Well, John's been going here as long as I have. John's as fine a man as I've ever known. Is that right? If John believes it, maybe there might be something to it. Now you got three people. Then he'd go over to Corey. And he, he, well, I'm just using examples. I'm not picking on anybody. He'd go over to Corey and they, they'd have a supper together. And then before you know it, you know what would be happening? Somebody would be saying, Preacher, me and three or four others got together and we've been talking. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Preacher! Me and three or four others have been talking. Here's what we think you ought to do about this. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if we just changed it. Maybe, it, maybe you ought to just slack off a little bit right here. Is that right? Are you with me? That's what happens. So you know what's got to happen? I'm, now, I'm using myself as the apostate here, so y'all can't get mad at me. You know what John ought to do? When I come say, John, you, you, mind, you mind coming and having supper at my house? When he comes over and I start that conversation, you know what John ought to do? John Orr say, listen, I'm not interested in that. Now, I'm not talking about going running down all over the country. I'm just saying John Orr say, I'm, I'm just not interested in that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty dead set on where I stand on that. And I, I, I'm not interested on that. I'm going to tell you, the church ain't interested in doing that. If that's what you want to do, you might or just go on down the road. Ain't that right? He said, preacher, that's awful bold. It's worth fighting for, ain't it? Ain't that right? Hey, listen, it's worth it tonight. Do you know what happens? If John never, if John never comes over, chances are Kirk ain't gonna come over. And if Kirk never comes over, chances are Corey ain't never gonna come over. And you know what's happened? The problem's been avoided because John avoided the apostate. He marked him and just avoided him. Isn't that right? Now listen to me. Now watch this. You say, preacher, what do you say? That gentleman wanted to, wanted to try to bring in a different version of the Bible. I could have tried debating with him. I, I could have tried all that. Here's what I told him. And I, I'm going to be honest. I've never told you this. I'm going to tell you what I told him. It wasn't just that. There were some other things he wanted to bring into it. And here's what I told him. I said, sir, I'm going to be as honest with you. You know how to be. I said, I don't know. I haven't been here long enough to know what many of these people feel. And I said, but I believe they stand with me on these subjects. And I said, but I will tell you this. As long as I'm the pastor at Blue Ridge Baptist Church, we are not going contemporary. We are not switching Bibles. Is that right? We're, we're, we're not doing any of this stuff. We're not interested in it. And I said, sir, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, if you, you told me you was looking to join a church, that's what, they, that's what he told me. He's looking to join a church. I said, you told me you was looking to join a church. My suggestion to you would be go find you one you fit in with better than us because we're not changing to you. You're going to have to change to us if you stay here. Ain't that right? And you know what happened? Problem avoided. Ain't that right? Problem avoided. Because one man, he didn't have anybody come with him, Kirk. Ain't that right? You got to mark them. You got to realize who you got to identify them. Then the answer is just avoid them. Don't go have no special meeting with them. Can I, listen to me. The problem is not that people in the church are talking. The problem is this. You find out, now I'm not, so I realize things can come up and there's times for disciplinary action, I understand that. And I'm not just talking about the preacher, I'm talking about anything. You ain't got no business getting together with anybody else and talking about things that go on in the church. You don't have no business doing it. Well, God help us. 
I told you I'd be done by 8 o'clock, and it's 8.03, but it keeps bogging down, so I'm just going to drop her one more time. You ain't got no business sitting around a supper table with another member of the church uh, and talking about anything. That's exactly right. Running down anything that's going on uh, in the house of God. It's not right. That's right. I'll be honest with you. I've been as honest know how to be. You want to know what brings revival? It do us good. And people talk about laying your cell phone down. I think that'd be great. People talk about laying your TV down. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be wonderful to lay down all this. I think it'd be wonderful. You know what really needs to be laid down on the altar? Every last one of us need to come lay our tongue down at the altar and say, Lord, help me keep my mouth shut. I believe it's in your Bible that Paul said, study. That means put effort toward, work toward, try, study to be quiet. Ain't that right? Paul said, study to be quiet. You got a problem, something going on in church, take it to the Lord. That's exactly right. Take it to the Lord. You ain't got no business talking to sister so-and-so or brother he ha You ain't got no business doing it. It's not right. All you're doing is gossiping and tail-bearing and stirring up strife and envy. Mark them and avoid them. Y'all going to have to help me one time real good and at least make me think you get what I'm saying. All right. When they come around and they want to talk about this, they want to do that, I'm not just talking about the preacher. I'm talking about the deacons. I'm talking about the church members. I'm talking about the youngins. I'm talking about theology. I'm talking about doctrine. I'm talking about who mows the yard. I'm talking about who cleans the church. I'm talking about any and all of it. Uh, And when they start wanting to run their mouth, uh, mark them, avoid them, and stay away from them. You ain't got no business talking about that stuff. That right? You ain't, got, you ain't got no business running your mouth about that stuff. And can I tell you something? And I'm done. I don't know how we got here, but I'm going to say it before I quit. You got a problem with somebody in the church, it's between you and them. You might as well go ahead and nod your head because I'm going to bog down again. And I, I, You've already made me a liar, so I might as well just make myself a big liar and preach 20 more minutes. Now listen to me. Bible's over in Matthew 18. I said, if your brother offend you, what you're supposed to do, John, you're supposed to go between him and thee alone. The Bible said that if your brother hear you, you've gained a brother. Isn't that right? If Corey, if you did something to offend me, I'm supposed to come to you between me and you, nobody else. I, God help me. I'm not supposed to call everybody in the church and say, can you believe what Corey did? I'm not supposed to run around the community and say, can you believe what Corey Puckett did? No, I'm supposed to go to Corey Puckett before I do anything else. And I'm supposed to say, Corey, this is what you did. It's my job to go to you, by the way, instead of him coming to me. I'm not to wait on him to come apologize to me. I'm to go let him know he hurt my feelings. Isn't that right? I'm going to tell him. And if he hears me, the Bible said, I've gained the brother. We've restored ourselves. And if he doesn't hear me, I said I'm to go take one or two others and between two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Isn't that right? If he won't just hear me, then I'm supposed to go get Chris and Kirk and Kenny, let's just say, and go sit down and tell before them what he did. And if he hears us, then Kirk, I've gained the brother. Even if he didn't hear me the first time, if he hears me then, it's over, it's done, everything's good. Ain't that right? And then... If, after, if he still doesn't hear me, then when I'm supposed to come forth...
Right? And I'm supposed to say, this is what Corey's has done. This is what I've done. I've went to him privately and asked him and tried to work it out. I've took witnesses and asked to try to work it out. And he will not hear me. And if he'll hear me then, then guess what? I've still gained a brother. Amen. And it's supposed to be over. Yeah. Ain't that right? right? Then you know what John said? He said, if he won't hear you then, if he won't hear the church, what you're to do is to treat him like a heathen and a publican. Right. that right? That's what he said. He said, if you can't work it out then, you're just to leave them alone. Is that right? That's exactly right. You know what the problem is? We skip step one, step two, and step three. And Well, we, we hit step three sometimes, but not in the right way. We call everybody in the brother in the church, let them know what's going on, but it's not to work anything out. It's just to stir something up. It's just to cause division and offense among the brethren. Isn't that right? Ain't that right? But we skip all the way to that fourth step, and we just won't treat him like a heathen. God help him, he'd hurt somebody like me. Ain't that right? He must be the sorriest person in the world to bother somebody like me. Well, I'm pretty sorry myself, ain't that right? And we're all human. Listen to me. There's times tonight, it's a biblical truth. There's times you just have to avoid somebody. That, 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 that situation I had at that first church, let me say this and I'm done. Kirk, I took biblical steps. I went to him between me and him. I went to him. Uh, I took witnesses and, and talked with him. I talked with him before the church. And Kirk, he never would, never would reconcile. In fact, I talked to him again just between me and him. I went an extra step, I guess, and tried to work it out again. He still wouldn't. Now, can I tell you something? I love him. I do. I, I can see him tonight. I can hug his neck and I can tell him I love him, John, and I can mean it. I could. But you know what I do my best to do? Just avoid him. While I could, Corey, hug his neck and tell him I love him, because I know how he feels about me, and because I know, I'm just being honest, because I know what he is, Chris. If I see him at Walmart, I don't run up to him. I'm not looking to go find out how him and his family is. Now, if I run into him, I could shake his hand, I could hug his neck, I could talk to him, but I'm not looking for it. Because, Kirk, I don't know what it'll be, isn't that right? There's a biblical truth, there's a time just to avoid somebody. That's what Paul said to do with them that caused divisions and offenses. He said, you better mark them out, you better set them apart, realize who they are, and just avoid them. Just stay away from them. They ain't no use being around them. You ain't got no business going and sitting at their table. You ain't got no business going to their house. You ain't got no business sitting around after church talking to them. You ain't got no business standing out in the parking lot running everybody down. You ain't got no business listening to what they're saying. Just avoid them. Now you say, preacher, why is this so important? You mark her down, honey. If they ain't now, some point there will be. There'll be a possibility.